Now, if you do not know where you are going, you need to look for sign. The worst thing that you can do is to convince yourself you are not lost. Right? So you have this sign. Lost, confused, unsure, unclear, perplexed, disoriented, bewildered. If this represents you this morning, if one of these represents you this morning, I have good news for you. But before I give you the title of our message, I want you to listen. Maybe some of you will identify with this song. If you know it, you sing it. Diana Rock. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that life has shown you? Where are you going to? Do you know? Do you The title of my message for all of us this morning is simply this. Do you know where you're going to? You know, us in the Philippines, we like to twist some uh, American humor, no? What you like, you like it. Diba? Sa Tagalog, ano yun? Ano gusto mo? Yun ang gusto mo. Diba? I told you not to go to. You go to now, look at. Sabi ko na sa'yo, wag kang pupundan yan. Tinan mo ano nangyari. Diba? Oh, unsi upon a time, isikirayan por sale here, take home eh. Once upon a time, ice cream for sale here, take home. Oh. But do you know where you're going to? Do you know? Last week, I shared with you the tabernacle of eternal life. God wanted to dwell, holy God wanted to dwell with unholy people. And He made a way. He sent Jesus Christ to take the form of a human being so He could tabernacle, so He could dwell with us. And without Jesus coming, going to the cross, dying for our sins, and rising again from the dead, the old tabernacle with all its religious trappings Day in and day out, the priest performing the same sacrifice yet cannot take away sin. If Jesus Christ did not come, that would still be the way that we would sacrifice to God. But when this high priest entered the tabernacle, the veil of his body he offered for one time. A perfect sacrifice once for all. The earthly tabernacle was replaced with the tabernacle of eternal life. The Lord Jesus Christ dwelling in and with us. Do you know where you're going to? I've shown you some signs. 
I've shown you some GPS. Some signs are confusing. Directions sometimes are mistaken. So if you want to know where you're going to, I have a guidebook for you. How do you spell Bible? B-I-B-L-E Basic instructions before leaving earth. If you want to know what goes on in heaven and what you and I will be doing in heaven for all of eternity, you and I better get to know this handbook. Basic instruction before leaving earth. You know, it's amazing. The Bible contains so many information. But the word Bible doesn't even exist in the Bible. The word Trinity does not even exist in the Bible. But in the Bible, you read about the Trinity. So we're going to take a look. We're going to take a look. Look at what the Bible, our guidebook says about us. Read with me, Isaiah 53 verse 6. Have, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Let's pray. God, we just want to thank you for this time that we can open to your word. Your Bible is the source of what we know about you. But the true message that you have given to us is your son, Jesus Christ. Allow us, Lord, to see him as we open your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All of us are what? I like what? Sheep who have gone astray. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, raise your hand please. How many of you have ever gone to the circus? Raise your hand. Okay, higher. I'm not that tall, you know. <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you. Again, if you will indulge me, okay? Those of you who have gone to a circus, okay? How many of you have seen the jumping ship? Jumping through the hoop. No sheep? Oh, tiger, lion. But no sheep, right? Why? Why? Why no sheep? The nature of the sheep, they're not very wise. That's why they cannot be trained. If you read Psalm 23, the Lord leads the sheep to pasture, to calm waters. Why? Because if the sheep happen to fall in the water because of the wool, the wool will absorb the water. Guess what will happen to the sheep? They drown. The sheep puts the head to the ground and eats the grass. They just follow the first sheep in front of them. And if the first sheep in front of them happens because he is not looking, he just eat and eat and eat and eat. The second sheep will just follow. How does the Bible describe us? All of us are like, now I'm not calling you sheep, okay? The Bible is telling us all of us are like sheep. 
and how are we described? We have all gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. Pastor, how do we get to Joshua Tree National Park? Don't ask me. I'm lost too. Each of us has gone our own separate way. But what did God do? But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all, okay, kulang ng F, of us all to fall on Him. Who is this Him? Jesus Christ. But even if we are like sheep, even if we are even if we insist on doing our own thing and going our own way, God has seen to it that we can be redirected so that we know where we are going to. Luke chapter 10. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Until and unless you and I agree with God that we are lost, we will not look for any solution. Because we are so lost, because we are like sheep who have gone astray, what did God need to do? God needed to send His one and only Son to seek and to save that which is lost. If you do not believe, if you do not agree that you are lost, I submit to you, you do not have a need for a Savior. Because you are not lost. I can get to heaven on my own. I am not lost. That verse in Isaiah does not refer to me. Really? Then for you, Jesus Christ did not need to come, yes? Because you say you're not lost. You say you have no need for salvation. You say you have no need for a Savior. Then for you, the cross of Jesus Christ doesn't mean anything. Now, if you are lost, what do you do? What do you do if you get lost? What do you do? Come on. This is not some uh, highly spiritual or dogmatic uh, question. What do you do or what should you do if you get lost? You ask. Amen? You ask. If you do not ask, you will continue to go your merry way thinking that you are correct even if you are extremely wrong and you are getting more and more and more lost. Yes? I thank God that one of the disciples of Jesus Christ bothered to ask. John 14. Jesus Christ said in verse 1, if you see in your Bibles, it's in the color red. It means those were the words spoken by Jesus Christ. Okay? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Oh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. 
believe also in me. In this verse, you will see that the solution or the answer to your anxiety, to your doubt, is whom? Jesus Christ. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do you have a troubled heart this morning? Do you have a distracted heart this morning? Are you anxious? My friend, the solution is Jesus Christ. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. And then what? Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. What is Jesus Christ describing for us? Heaven. He is saying that in his kingdom, in the Father's kingdom, there are many dwelling places. If you like the King James Version, you will read, In my Father's house are many mansions. In other translations, in my Father's house are many rooms. Now, if you like a small room, fine. Doon ka sa room. Some translation, mansion. Does it really matter if it's a room or a mansion? I submit to you, what matters most is you are in the presence of God. Amen? Here in your presence, I am undone. Isaiah chapter 6. When Isaiah saw the vision, what did he say? Woe to me, I am ruined. Do you feel ruined before a holy God? Do you feel undone before a holy God? God is telling you this morning, in my Father's house are many rooms, many mansions, but the most important place to be is with Jesus. And what is He saying? If it were not so, I would have told you. So God is assuring us, this is the truth. I wouldn't have told you about this place called heaven unless it were true. And what is He going to do? I go to prepare a place for you. Who is preparing your place? Jesus Christ. You think it is a beautiful place? I believe so. If God created it, I believe it is so beautiful, you and I will have no words to express how beautiful it is. Just read Paul when he was brought up to the third heaven. No eye has seen. No mind has conceived. What? What God has prepared for us. And why? Why must he go? Why must he prepare? Look at the next verse. If I go and prepare a place for you, what will he do? I will come again and receive you to myself. For what purpose? That where I am, there you Maybe also. So Jesus Christ came and then he left. And then he is preparing your dwelling place and mine. And there will come a day, my friends, that he will return for what purpose? To bring us to heaven so that where he is, there we may be also. But not all of the disciples understood. Jesus Christ even said this 
And you know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going to? Jesus Christ said, you know where I'm going. But one of them asked this. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. Some of us, when we are questioned, when a question arises, why do you even ask this question? But yesterday at uh, Joshua National Tree, uh, we were talking about Dondi's father and, and, and my relationship with him. You see, Dondi's father has always been a faithful uh, attendee of the Bible studies that I taught in Manila. And almost every Bible study, almost every worship service, he would come to me and ask. Now, he did not ask to debate. He would ask because he had a desire to know. Thomas, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? It's a good thing that this conversation is between Thomas and the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe if the conversation was between Thomas and I, I would say this, Thomas, Three years I have been with you. Up to now, you do not know. But because God is good, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, absolutely no one, comes to the Father but through me. So if anyone wants to get to God the Father, through whom must that person go through? Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ was the one who entered the Holy of Holies, offering a perfect sacrifice. And through his sacrifice, the veil that prevented even the high priest to come into the Holy of Holies, representing the presence of God, was torn. It is symbolic that now, because of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection, anyone can enter into the presence of God. But only through Jesus. I am the one and only way. I am the one and only truth. I am the one and only life. No one, absolutely no one, comes to the Father except through me. You see, my friends, even if we are like sheep who have gone astray, each one going our own separate way, God loves us and desires a relationship with you. God loves us and desires a relationship with you. We all know this verse. John 3.16. Some of us have this verse memorized. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Does God love you? Does God want you to have a personal relationship with Him? Yes. But you must first agree with God that you are lost, that you need a Savior, 
And according to this verse, God doesn't want you to spend eternity in hell. He wants you to experience eternal life with Him in heaven. You see, there are a lot of people who are after your souls, but only for evil. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God does not only want you to have eternal life. He wants you to experience an abundant life even while you and I are still here on this earth. Many things, some very bad, may happen to you while you are on this earth. But God wants you to experience an abundant life, a full life. It doesn't necessarily mean that you will be blessed materially. It doesn't necessarily mean that you will be free of sickness. It doesn't necessarily mean that every day will be a good day. But because of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, you can overcome even as the Lord Jesus Christ himself has overcome. Imagine, he overcame even death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? He came that we, have might, that we might have life and life in all its fullness. And if God loves us, and desires a relationship with us. My question is, why then can we not experience this love and abundant life? My friends, the simple truth is this. Man is separated from God because of sin. That's the bottom line. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us are like sheep who have gone astray. Each one going his separate way. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Unless I admit to myself I am part of this verse. Then I do not need a savior. I do not need salvation. I can get to heaven on my own. Wow. Then how are you going to pay for this? For the wages, plural, of sin, singular, is death. In Tagalog, ang kabayaran ng kasalanan ng kama ay kamatayan. The wages of sin is death. I praise God that verse doesn't end there. But, what? Finish it with me. But, is what? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Unless you and I agree that we are separated from God because of our sin. We will have no need for the Bible. We will have no need for the Savior. You see, look at where man is. Man is separated from the purposes of God. Which is what? 
for man to dwell with God eternally in heaven. But when sin entered the picture, there became a separation. There became a separation between holy God and sinful man. And because of this, there is an eternal punishment for sin. See, God is holy. We've been singing about the holiness of God, yes? Now, because God is holy, and He says sin has to be punished, must sin be paid for? Yes. If God just changes His mind, is He a God worth worshiping? Believing in? Today, the wages of sin is death. Tomorrow, it's just uh, buy me two McDonald's. And then the day after that, uh, Happy Meal. And then the day after that, you go to church all 52 Sundays of 2017. And then, you, and then the, uh, the day after that, it's another formula. But because God is holy and He said the wages of sin is death, there must be payment. And there is an eternal punishment for sin. Revelation 21 verse 8. Read this with me. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now, why in the world did God put lying together with murderers, together with sorcerers? Why? Are, all, are those not all sin? Yes or no? Yes. So when God said, this is sin, and this is also sin, does it matter to God what kind of sin you have done? No. Why? Because God's standards are not man's standards. When we compare ourselves, well, I am better. Sorry, uh, you sit in front. I'm better than Ephraim. I'm better than Mike. I'm better than Ambo. I'm comparing myself, my standard. To Ambo, to Mike, and to E. As a matter of fact, I'm better than all three of them combined. Huh? But, when I compare myself to Holy God, lock it and throw away the key. Because you and I cannot compare to how holy God is. As a matter of fact, he says, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Now look at this man. Look at this person. This person is a basically good person. Look, whoever keeps the whole law, is he basically a good person? Is he basically obeying the word of God? Yes. But, what does it say? He stumbles at just one point. Is guilty of breaking 
all of it why who said do not commit murder also said do not commit adultery now if you do not commit adultery but do commit murder you have become a law breaker these actions all of this is sin so if you do one you are what a sinner So what did God do? Because he has a standard. He himself, referring to Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. But there is a purpose. So that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Some people take what Jesus Christ has done as a get-out-of-jail-free card. You play Monopoly, you roll the dice. Go to jail, go immediately to jail. Do not pass go, do not collect 200. And then you have to stay there unless you're able to roll a double dice. Yes? Yes or no? Or, community chess. Get out of jail free. Yes? Sometimes, well, Jesus Christ already died to pay for my sins. I have a get out of jail free card. Therefore, I can now do anything that I choose to do. <laughs> Look at what First Peter is telling us. He himself, no proxy, Jesus Christ himself came and took the iniquity of us all and laid it on his body when he was nailed to the cross. He brought it to the cross on your behalf and mine. For what purpose? So that you and I, what? Turn away from a life of sin and live a life of righteousness. Why? Because of what he went through, we are healed. It's not just, okay, Lord, I trust in you. Tapos na boxing. No. I trust in you, Lord. Now I want to live a life of obedience to you. As evidence of how much I love you and appreciate what you have done for me. Undeserving as I am, you chose to love me because you desire a personal relationship with me. And only in the cross of Jesus Christ. If you look at First Peter, he himself bore our sins on the body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness for by his wounds you are healed. Only in the cross of Jesus Christ, my friends, Grace, mercy, justice, and holiness met. The holiness of God manifest in the suffering of Jesus Christ. He bore your sin and mine so that you and I need not pay for our sins anymore. And we all need the grace of God. Without the grace of God, where would we be? 
If I encounter a holy God, I cannot pay for my sin. I am not capable of paying for my sin. That's why I need the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, For it is by grace, God's grace, you have been saved. And how does it operate? Through faith. This and this, what is that this? The faith. The faith to believe. And this, not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Even the faith to believe comes from God. Not by works. So that no one should vote. Oh, pastor. Another get out of jail free card. Because now, I have received the grace of God. I have accepted it by faith. And I don't need to do good works. <laughs> but look at verse 10. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So do you set aside good works? No. Should you rely on good works as the means for you to get to heaven? No. Is it your responsibility to do good works? Yes. So why are you and I insisting on making our responsibility the way to go to heaven? When there is no way to go to heaven except I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We all need the grace of God. Why? Many of us memorize John chapter 3.16, right? We love that verse. But that verse continues on. John 3, 17 and 18. I'll begin with verse 18 so that you can see the connection. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Many of us think that I will be judged when I die and when I see God face to face and then He will weigh all of my good Now, look at what verse 18 says. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So wait a minute. I thought sin has a payment and there is judgment. What's going on? Look at verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but rather that the world might be saved through Him. Why did Jesus Christ come? To that judge you? My friend, you and I are already judged. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And if you even lied once, where are you going? Ang lumalagablab na lawang asupre na isyang ikalawang kamatayan. It is very flat. It is very uh, colorful in Tagalog. 
But for uh, Brother Alex, your place is the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Ang lumalagablab na lawa ng asufre. The fiery lake of burning sulfur. Imagine. And you only lied. And you're telling God, God, this is a murderer. I only lied. And what will God say? But I am holy. And lying is a sin. It's in the Ten Commandments which I gave you through Moses. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. I cannot bow to you, my son, because I am holy. And that's why I sent my son, Jesus Christ, so that he could pay for your sin. But I never knew of this judgment. Look at verse 18. We are already judged. And the only way to get out of that is to believe in Jesus Christ, whom God sent, not to judge us, but what? To save us. Look at this drawing. If you have Jesus, you are saved and you're going to heaven. If you do not have Jesus Christ, you're lost and where are you going to spend eternity? In hell. And if you read Revelation, hell will be even thrown in a deeper pit. Hell is bad enough that there's going to be an eternal abyss. And who will be there with you? The beast. And the devil. And his cohorts. And you will be tormented day and night. Forever and ever. 365 and one-fourth day. Kasi may leap year. Makalusot ka ng one-fourth day. Hindi pwede. This is an eternal punishment for sin. But the iniquity of us all fell on him. He is our lamb. He is our scapegoat. He took the penalty of our sin so that you and I can escape the punishment that is deserving of all of us. But God gives you the assurance. And His assurance is found in the Bible, in His Word. And this is the testimony. What is a testimony? It is a story. It is when you have a testimony, you have a witness. And he gives a testimony. This is what I have seen. And this is what I am relating to you. And this is the testimony. What is God's testimony? Read it with me. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Has God given us eternal life? Where can it be found? In His Son. He who has the Son? Do you have the Son? If you have the Son. The reverse is also true. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Don't get mad at me. This is God. Now here's the assurance. I write these things to you who believe 
in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of order. God does not operate on doubt. God operates in certainty. And I'm telling you this morning, God wants you to know without a shadow of a doubt that if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, you are assured. Not me. The Bible assures you. The Bible, the supreme authority, tells you you're going to heaven. And that place is secure. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So that what? You may know that you have eternal life. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? In John 11, 23 to 27, this is the background. Lazarus has died. And when news came to Jesus Christ, he purposely delayed going to be with Lazarus. And he died. And if you are Mary and Martha, maybe you would even think that God, that Jesus Christ, is cruel. Where were you when we needed you? We sent word to you. And word came back to us that you purposely delayed. Classica. But he came. And by the time that he came, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. Four days. And in four days, the Bhagdi is beginning to decompose. And there is already a stench of death. And Martha and Jesus have this conversation. Jesus said to her, talking to Martha, Your brother, Lazarus, your brother will rise again. Now who is giving this assurance? Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. The giver of life. Is standing Martha, your brother Lazarus will rise again. Now Martha had an understanding. And this is her understanding. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So Martha knew about the resurrection from the dead. But Martha's understanding that the resurrection from the dead would come at a certain time. That's why they call it, well, that's why she referred to it as the resurrection on the last day. And what did Jesus reply to her? Jesus said to her, I, let me repeat, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who believes in me will never die. So who is the source of eternal life? 
Is it an event? No. The source of eternal life, my friends, is the person of Jesus Christ. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to God the Father except through me. I am the resurrection and the life. What does he say? He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. But he ends with a question. Martha, do you believe this? You see, Martha had an understanding. She had the belief system that there is going to come a resurrection, but that resurrection is going to happen on the last day. Jesus Christ is telling Martha, resurrection and eternal life has nothing to do with an event. It all has to do with me. It all has to do with Jesus Christ. Martha, friends, do you believe this? When someone asks you a question, what should you do? You should at least respond. Yes? What was the question? Martha, do you believe this? What did she reply? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. What did Martha do? She expressed, she responded to the question of Jesus Christ. She responded. And what did she say? I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God, and He who comes into the world. Martha merely responded in faith. She said, I believed. Abraham believed, and God credited it to him as righteousness. Martha believed. I believe that you are the Son of God. You are the Christ, the Son of God, even He who comes into the world. Emmanuel, God with us. Have you believed? Do you believe that in Jesus Christ and Christ alone can you have eternal life? Have you responded in faith? I have shown this to you many times and in, in different varieties. And this is merely a response. This prayer does not save you. Why? Who saves you? I. Who saves you? Call upon the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? Come on, guys. Who saves you? Amen. For there is, no under name, there is no other name under heaven by which man shall be saved except the name 
of Jesus Christ. Many of you have memorized Philippians chapter 2, 3 to 8. What does it continue? And God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every tongue will confess and every knee shall bow, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My friends, you have a choice. And the choice is this. Either acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord now or forever God will put you to your knees. And you will still exalt Jesus Christ as Lord. But my friends, that time might be too late. If someone asks you a question, you should respond. Do you believe this? After that incident, Jesus Christ was brought to the, to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, remove the stone. Lord, it's been four days. Remove the stone. Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? Lazarus came back from the dead. Why? Because Jesus Christ called his name. Does Jesus Christ know your name? You and I may claim to know God. But I submit to you the more important thing is for God to know me. Because if you, even if I claim that God is my father, if God does not recognize me as his child, who do you think wins? Have you responded to the call of Jesus Christ? Come, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lay your yoke upon me, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Have you responded? Perhaps now is the time for you to respond. Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me and dying on the cross to pay for all of my sins. I repent of my sins and I trust in you to be my Lord and Savior. Help me with the power of your Holy Spirit to live a life of obedience to you and to your word. Because you died for my sins and rose from the dead, I have the assurance that one day I will spend eternity with you in heaven. Thank you for all that you have done for me. Amen. You are not saved by that prayer. You are saved by the grace of God through the sacrifice and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, who made His dwelling with sinful men because He came to seek and save that which is lost. And if you have Jesus, you were once lost. But now, you are found. Can you praise the Lord with me this morning? Amen. Give God the glory, people. <laughs> what do I do now? May I encourage you? We all need to grow in our relationship with God. We need to pray to Him every day. Why? This is how we talk to God. Prayer is just simply talking to God. Now aside from that, what do you think we should do? We should read the Bible. It gives us direction in our life. Yes? 
And what is the Bible? That's how God talks to us. Now, when you have a conversation, it has to be two-way, right? If it's not two-way, you're just having a monologue. So you pray, you talk to God. You read the Bible, you let God speak to you. And what else can we encourage you with? Be a part of a small discipleship relationship, small group discipleship relationship, so that you can grow together spiritually. I know you can say, and I have said it in the past, I can grow by myself. But may I encourage you, up until the time that I joined this small group discipleship relationship, the speed and the level of my spiritual growth skyrocketed. I can read the Bible on my own. God can speak to me on my own. But if I have people in my life telling me, showing me, and I have the opportunity also to tell them and to show them, and we encourage one another just as iron sharpens iron, then the growth is tremendous. Oh, you can be alone. You can be a lone ranger Christian. But remember, even the lone ranger had a tonto. Get into a small group discipleship relationship. And when you go to your small group meetings this week, don't forget these discussion questions. Very simple. Share with one another how and when you establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. Discuss what evidence or evidences in your lives prove that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You keep on saying you're a Christian. If there is no evidence, my friend, you better ask yourself. Now, I like what you're doing, taking a screenshot. Please, take pictures of this so that when you go to your discipleship group meetings this week, these are the questions that you will ask. These are the questions that you will discuss. And then, third question, how can you help others know about the love of God and Jesus Christ? I have a good suggestion for you. Invite them to women to women. Invite those who have children to bring their children to VBS. Why? The parents will stay here with us. And then they will be able to share with them about the love of God the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit. Have you taken the screenshot of this picture? Okay? I'll keep it there so that you can take photos of this and discuss this into your small group discussions this coming week. Let's all pray. God Almighty, we thank you that even if we are lost, even if we are hard-headed, and stubborn like sheep, you still chose to love us. You still chose to send your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to take the form of a bond servant, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Thank you, Jesus, for carrying the penalty of our sin on your body on the tree. Remind us, Lord God, that we should now henceforth Live a life of righteousness. Live a life of repentance. Live a life of obedience to you. And through the change that you will bring into our lives, through the power of your Holy Spirit, 
Allow us to be a shining example to the people around us who do not yet know you. Use us, Lord God, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to anyone and everyone willing to listen. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us as is, where is, and for your determination to mold us, to make us, to conform us into the image of your one and only Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray all of these things. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Happy Sunday, everyone.